Episode one, Planet Neptune here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. Randy Cruz, my boy DJ Unique. We here, we live, we ready. Let's do it. Let's go, Randy. Mega Ram, my man, how you doing? Yo, what's going on, Randy? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Uh, good to see you, man. Happy holidays to you and the family. Hope you guys all safe and sound with everything going on. Got my boy DJ Unique. What's going on? It's a pleasure to be here. Thank y'all for having me, man. We get no to problem, talk about man. something very near and dear to my heart. That's what's up. That's, that's what's up, man. Uh, you can follow both DJ Unique and Mega Ran on Twitter and, and uh, Instagram at DJ U-N-E-E-Q and M-E-G-A-R-A-N. So Mega Ran, um, long story short, so I'm at home about a month ago and I'm just hearing music back and forth. And I kid you not, like three straight Neptune songs come on <laughs> and I'm getting my throwback vibe. So Mike, DJ Unique knows that uh, my favorite producers are the Neptunes for, for quite a long time you can see i got, I got the hat here so mm-hmm. they're in the background big time fam and i say okay. you know what let me let me go down the rabbit hole of hearing all the old joints the, the the videos all that good stuff and i said what if what if i design a podcast a, a short four five six episode kind of thing on just the neptunes from the beginning to where they at now that's you know success all that good stuff i called mike the next day, DJ Unique, I said, yo, I got a great idea. What if we did a podcast on the Neptunes? Just our love for them, our fandom, what they meant to, 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 to hip-hop, to the culture. He said, I love it. Let's do it. And I said, boom. What could be dope is that every single show, every episode, we can get somebody to come on that we know personally in, in, in the social media world that has a love for music like like me and and and, and uh, him do and kind of share their stories about their favorite favorite producer hip-hop culture and the neptunes and i said boom i put the tweet out you were the first one to hit me yo i i gotta be a part of this <laughs> so i told i told unique yo i got someone mega ran from phoenix he's a rapper all that good stuff you know all that good stuff i met him cool cool cat and i said boom we're doing episode one with with mega ran he said let's do it so that's why you're here I appreciate it, man. Our first thank episode you. doing this. I know you're always in that hip hop world, so I thank you, and I want you to let people know what you what you've been doing. Or uh, first of all, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, it's always good to talk music. I love chatting, you know, and um, I love history. So once you said that the podcast is going to be about history and all that, I'm all about it, especially the history of hip hop because a lot of our stories don't get told, you know. So. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very big on like preserving the history of this culture. And I think like the Neptune is such a huge part of it. So yeah, man, anytime I can help, I'm all about it. Uh, I used to teach history. So, you know, that's that's definitely important to me. Okay. Um, but what have I been doing? Um, I just got off a DJ set. I was on uh, stream on Twitch playing all wrestling themes. Uh, so that was a <laughs> lot of fun. I did, I did two and a half hours straight of just wrestling themes, mix them together. Mm. and. Had a good time with it, you know. Um, that was fun. I do that every Monday. I call it Monday Night Ran. And then, uh, besides that, I've been streaming a whole lot on Twitch, just between game playing and music, and uh, working on a ton of new projects, collaborations, and um, staying busy, staying creative, picking up new skills. 
bought a couple of cameras. I've been out shooting a little bit. And uh, yeah, just just trying to keep this keep myself sharp. I mean, prior to COVID, I was out doing shows like every three, four days, you know, I was out touring. Mm. And um, without that, you know, it's given me a lot of idle time to pick up some new talents. So that <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> and of course, spend time with my wife and all that. So, so yeah, right. just learning how to be a better family man, a better, you know, all around guy, you know. So before uh, Unique goes, let him know about your, your 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 background in music. Been a rapper for how long, and who you who you've uh, worked with in the past? Well, well, I was born and raised in Philadelphia. I recently I moved to Phoenix maybe ten years ago, but uh, cut my teeth on the streets of Philly. Uh, you know, I worked in studios. Guys like Beanie Siegel, Meek Mill, uh, come through time after time making records and things. I was an engineer. And then I would secretly make my own raps in the in the meantime, you know, kind of like a Kanye thing, I guess. And uh, I just never really thought because I wasn't necessarily rapping about what they were rapping about that it would actually kind of take off for me. Mm-hmm. And then the internet, you know, is where where I found a lot of success, you know. So I quit my teaching job, started touring full time since 2011, and um, came out to Phoenix and uh, met my wife, and here I am. But uh, I've I found a lot of interesting inroads through uh hip-hop and um like i guess the most unlikely ways you know like finding it through sampling video games sampling cartoons or sampling wrestling or whatever just mm-hmm. finding those other things i loved and uh and being able to bring hip-hop to them has uh has put me in a really interesting position so so mike just, yeah. yeah so mike me, me and ran actually met i think it was in new orleans in um Wale, Wale Mania 4, right? I think so. Yeah. Wale Mania 4, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So DJ fun. Unique, let, uh, let Mega Rand know your background in music and how long you've been DJing for, man. Well, my background in music, I come from a long line of DJs. Um, you know, my father um, was a good friend, a cool herc. Um, they used to DJ for years. All my uncles are DJs. Um, I'm 40 now. I've been DJing since the age of 12. Uh, so music is in my blood. I was born to be a DJ. Nice. Quiet as kept. I actually taught myself. You know, back in the days, you know, late 80s and the 90s, you know, needles were expensive, records were expensive. So I was kind of afraid to even ask my father to even teach me. So, you know, my mother used to give me um, allowance. I used to save it. Then I bought my own set, two turntables mm. and a crappy mixer. <laughs> <laughs> it came in a box and it, it was like $120, but it took me forever to save the money on that. Mm-hmm. And I've been DJing for 27 years now. And I've worked with people like Rotimi, SWV, Tank, um, 50 Cent and Janet Jackson, Alicia Keys, the list goes on and on. But um, yeah, I, I met Randy, you know, through his brother. We went to college together. And, you know, me and Randy always talk about music all the time, every weekend throughout the summers. And, you know, one thing he always told me was Pharrell's my guy, Neptune's is my favorite. That's and right. Over the idea, I was like, I'm all for it. 
Yo, Rand, I used to ha- I used to hound Mike every every week. <laughs> I said I need I need a CD a CD at the time. I need a CD wow. with Neptune's instrumentals <laughs> and kind of tying in, tying into how we all heard about the Neptune. So like for me, my background, I was always I was always a a fan of the beat before the rhymes. So P Rock. Dre, RZA, Puff Daddy, whoever it is, mm. I want to see who made the beat first for that song. So mm. back in the day, as we all know, you buy the CD, you look at the booklet, and you swipe through production, and you see produced by, and like, yeah. oh shit! Mm-hmm. So you know, when the time the ne- the, the the Neptunes came out, I would just, I I like, tell you know, I I tell Mike all the time, I was so enamored by the Neptunes that. If I found out you did a song with Neptune first on the album, I would hear that song first. <laughs> I'll, I'll, everything else, I'll wait and, I, and I'll, be, I'll be real. Whether I liked it or not, I'll tell them, yo, that's dope. It's yeah. fire. Or like, you know, it was all right. So my, my thing with them was like, I always wanted to find out who they work with um, and to find out who, when you bought that album. Mm. If there were no Neptune songs on that album, I'll still hear it. But if I find that one, I'm hearing that one to death. So I want to. No matter of fact, I start. I start with you, Ram. Yeah. When When did you first hear about the Neptunes? Well, it had to be the uh, Nore album and uh, Super Thug mm-hmm. was when I, I heard their production, and I was like, "Wow, that was it was just so much more interesting than anything I had ever heard before." You know, from the drums to the you know the the what what sample you know. And it was just so interesting. And I think for me, it was a standout. It was such a standout from that record that like, it made me do the same. Like I got to dig up, you know, I was, I was a liner notes reader myself, you know? So I'm always flipping through like, Oh, who got a beat on here? Who got a beat on here? So when I saw Neptune, I was like, Hmm, all right, um, let's go find them, find some more stuff on them. And uh, later, because the guy, what year was, was NORE? That was a night. 98? 98? 98? Yeah, 98. 98. Yeah. Okay. So that was like 98. And um, so, yeah, it made me dig and dig and find other pieces. And I was also learning how to make beats around that time. So one day it blew my mind. I was at like Sam Ash, the music store. And mm. um, I was looking at the Korg Triton, which is what, you know, Pharrell and Chad were using around that time. And, um, and I remember just going through the sounds and like, and I was like, doo, doo, doo. and I would hear the the snare mm. that they used on like on uh, you know Super Thug, and I was like, yo, yo, it's right there, it's right there, it's right there. <laughs> like uh, then grinding later, you would hear the jump, jump, jump. Like all of those sounds are like mm. there for anybody to have found. It was just them and their talent that put it to use and made these amazing sounds out of it. But like mm. I was just like blown away. Like wait, it's it's like right there. Like, yeah, I can do this, you know. So it, it kind of got me excited and, and motivated to start working on beats and, uh, you know, just hearing what they were working with. Whereas a lot of producers would, you know, at least for me, like I would listen to people and some of my friends would get mad when a producer would say use the same drums for two or three songs. You're like, oh, he's got the same drums all the time, you know. But mm. if they sound dope, it doesn't even matter, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when you find a good kit, you stay with it, you know? And um, exactly. That's what really like connected me to their, to their style. Cause one, it was so different, but two, like 
realizing that it was right there. It was just taking their creativity to do something with it, you know, and make something dope out of it. And uh, that Cork Triton, man, I could never afford it, but I would always jump, you know, go back and forth like every week <laughs> into the uh, Sam Ash and just like and mess with it a little bit and try to make beats that call like Neptune like or <laughs> you <Yep>. know <laughs> Neptune John. That's what I would make. <laughs> I'd be like, this is called the <laughs> Neptune John. Um, so yeah, man. Once I found like their sound, I was like instantly trying to do something like that. <laughs> So unique. Uh, when did you first hear about the Neptunes, and when did you first start to notice a Neptunes beat? Um. Well, just like you know, Mega said, the very first time um, that I heard was Super Thug. Um. It was all about their kick and their snare. The kick, the you know, the snare. Go- you know exactly like it was nothing like we ever heard before. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a completely different sound, and then you know, right after the helicopter with the intro, and you hear the like, like what is that? Where right. that sample from? The, the kick and the snare was everything when it came to the Neptune. Um, but after Super Thug, um. Then we started to go back. It's like, well, what else did they make? Because I know everybody, the very first time they heard about Neptunes was Super Thug. It's for sure. That's why in the rhymes, he spells out N-E-P-T-U-N-E-S. And that's when we knew, like, wow, who are these guys? We got to really pay attention to these guys. We didn't even know their names at the time. We didn't know there was a Pharrell. We didn't know there was a Chad. Right. We knew there was Neptune. So then all of a sudden we we rewind a few years back, we realized Mason Betha has a record with these guys. And we like, well, we never paid attention to that song. We heard it <laughs> on the radio, but mm-hmm. we didn't know that was a Neptune's production. Mm-hmm. You know, the very first time we grasped, you know, the Neptunes, you know, like I said, was super thug. And I challenge anybody. I challenge anybody. If you could be honest with me and say the very first time you heard Neptunes was before Super Thug, I'll send you a free gift. What the gift is, but I'll mm-hmm. send you. you gotta be honest though. But you know, like Mega Red said, you know, Mega Rand said the kick and the snare for me was huge when it came to the Neptunes. Huge. Mm-hmm. And since you want to rewind, which is fine by me, uh, you mentioned 96. So they debuted by making the song for Total when Boy Meets Girl. So I, again, at the time, I you know I did not know that was a Neptune's beat uh, until going back in the archive and checking. But I want to get your guys' input on what the hip-hop landscape was at that time with the music, with the beats, because you got... Dre doing stuff out there. You got Puffy doing stuff. Uh, you got the RZA still out there. So before Neptune's come on board in 96, 7, 8, those beats that Dre were, were doing were, were so different than what the, Nep- the, the, the Neptune were doing. So talk about, so Rand, I'll start with you. Talk about the landscape of hip-hop at the time that the, the, the Neptune's debuted back in 96. I remember clearly because that, I'm showing my age, but that was like last year of high school for me. And, um, uh, Jay Z, Reasonable Doubt, um, uh, I think ATLians, 
Uh, of course, the Tupac records he put out too that year. That's All right. Eyes on Me as well as Machiavelli. And uh, and my beat was beefing with Pac at that time. So those was like some of my favorite records at that time. But it was definitely hard lyrics, like hard beats, as well as a lot of samples. I mean, of course, with the exception of like Outkast and what Organized Noise was doing, which was all, has always been on its own plane. You know, there could be a, a new podcast on that too. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, but the 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 trajectory of hip hop was definitely around hardcore raps as well as a lot of soul sampling, you know, and um, just a lot of like dusty samples, you know, at least for, from what I remember, especially East Coast stuff with the J record, with the Mob Deep record, you know, you had a lot of, a lot of dusty samples and, um, and their music came out and it was a completely shiny, refined sound that was nothing like <clears throat> anything that was happening at that time. You know, and I didn't even know about that total record. So now I got to think back like, wow, I didn't. You ain't know about that? You ain't know that? I didn't know. Did they be crazy? Like on some like, you know, Diddy and the the Hitman type type situation. Well, listen, if you look back, it says Neptunes and and Puff Daddy. So but that to me, that was their first record that I know that that they did. That That has their name. I know me and Mike were having a convo last night. And then Pharrell got a credit for doing the lyrics to uh, Rum Shaker. He, he wrote that for Teddy Riley. Mm-hmm. So before that, he wrote that for Teddy Riley four years prior to that. But as a Neptune's production credit, that total joint was the first one. Wow. I now, now, when you go hear it, you're like, man, know. you know what? That does sound like Neptune's right now. Huh. I got to listen to that one again. Wow. I, I did not know that. Yep. That's crazy. See, See that, I'm right? a, you gave him a gem. Yeah, exactly. you, put me on. <laughs> you just told me something. <laughs> Look at that. So I know our listeners is going to be learning all types of stuff. <laughs> People watching this, hearing this, are going to mm-hmm. get mad. They're going to get schooled. Um, my connection with the Neptunes, like almost on a personal level, was when they started working with a Philly act, which was Philly's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I believe they produced their whole first record. And, uh, and hearing them, on Neptune's production, I was just like, yo, like, I don't even know what happened to these brothers, uh, Bubonic and uh, and Mr. Man, but like, I thought they was like the clips, like, you know what I mean? They were like the Philly yeah. clips. And um, they put out a really good record that's completely produced by the Neptunes, a lot of like slept on dope tracks. The single Cross the Border was very catchy. Um, yeah, man. Like, so I just seeing a lot of connection. And there was also, they started working with uh, Ab, Ab Lava. Um, they started working with Roscoe P. Cold Chain. So there's like right. several Philly to Virginia connects. And like, we looked at it like, you know, everybody, almost everybody in Philly has family in Virginia. Probably same in New York. Everybody got family somewhere down south. You know what I mean? It all points to the south. So, um, yeah, man, like I would see so many connections between Philly artists and them, which is like I said, definitely started to inspire my own like production and direction. You know? Right. So so DJ Unique, um, same question. When they debuted back in ninety-six, hip hop is different. Got the East Coast, West Coast going on, a lot of grimy, dusty beats, like Rand said. Like you said, Pac was out there, met the man, Red Man, Biggie. Well, At that time, time, production was, you know, Q-Tip, Dr. Mm -hmm. Dre, Nas, um, 
Master P was huge. You got to remember mm -hmm. that. In 94, mm -hmm. he came out with um, Mr. Ice Cream Man, which was a big record um, mm -hmm. coming from him. Um, the number one record in 96 was Crossroads. Bone Thugs and Harmony was huge at the, at the moment. Um, so this sound was, to put it, it was straight left. It was. It wasn't like anything we heard before. You know, we had songs like California Love and Whatever Man and Woo Ha. Riz is out. He comes out with Liquid Swords. You know, we're used to that type of production with a lot of sampling. Um, you know, Diddy's. You know, Diddy's around. You still got Get Money. It, so, you know, when Neptune's first hit, you know, we were we were all wild. You know, like Mega Rand said, when they went to Philly, and I remember when I heard Cross the Border because, you know, Mega Rand, Randy, and, and his brother Joey, they used to bug me about that record. And I remember when I <laughs> Yeah. I first heard it. record, man. The first time yeah. I heard it was on Hot 97. And at that time, DJ Clue was DJing at 7 o'clock. That was his slot. He's like, oh, we got this new group from Philly, but Philly's most wanted. I'm like, okay. And, and it's called Cross the Border. And I heard that ding, 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 ding. I'm like, what's that? That's, wow, that's dope. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I, I like that. But, you know, stemming back to what hip hop was, hip hop was grinding. If yeah. You think about it, it mm -hmm. hit up, songs like Hit Em Up was out. And it was like, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, cause I know '96 was Nas' second album. Yeah, Red, Red Man had Muddy Waters. Um, mm -hmm. Ghostface came out with with his debut. Uh, Iron Man, yeah. Uh, you know what also happened '96? I feel like a line was drawn in the sand mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Like you know, what I'm saying with you know the Tupac mob thing with um De La Soul's record came out that year, and they were like anti. You know, gangster rap, thug, blinged out, whatever, and right. like it was like the complete. Yeah, I feel like it was a definitely a line drawing to say on. Like people were really tired of maybe maybe Diddy's direction of where hip hop was going. You know, things getting clean and shiny, and then uh, and then the probably the biggest album of '96 was the score Fuji's. Um, right. You know, right. which definitely shifted you know the culture. Like outside of hip hop, took took hip hop mm -hmm. to crazy new places. Um, so I think that there was definitely a, a, a distinct sound and different people in different places, uh, but there was nothing like the Neptunes. You know what I'm saying? That, uh, at that time, there was no nothing that I heard or remembered sounding anything like their stuff. So that's why it stood out so like distinctly to the ear, you know? Mm. And another thing I think that they were into, and I don't necessarily know, and maybe Randy, you could probably teach me this too, if the Neptunes primarily use the same like mix engineers on a lot of their music, but for the most part, their music seemed louder than everybody else's, like more dynamic, more crisp, more punchy, you know? So I don't know if necessarily it was a particular engineer they worked with, but like, I remember, cause again, I was making beats, I was trying to sample. And like, if I heard a, a clean drum sound in a song, a little cock, I'm like up oh, sampling that. So <laughs> I put it in the sampler and I could see that the wave for a Neptune's drum was like, 
you know what I'm saying? And like a Dr. Dre drum was here and an Eric Sermon drum was here, you know? <laughs> and theirs is like, wow, you know? And so it made me think, are they, were they working with a, a specific engineer, producer, mix and master crew throughout their, you know, kind of run? Because they always had a, a more dynamic, punchy sound than the rest. So unique, real quick. So I'll go to you. Because you and Ram been mentioning about the, uh, their their unique sound. So what was it about the sound that attracted fans like me and you at home to want to hear this stuff more often, to want to go back and see what else they've done? And to also what attracted mainstream big-time artists to say, you know what? I don't know who these guys are, but I got to work with them. What attracted them to the Neptunes, you, you feel? Well, um, I guess from a DJ's you know, perspective, you know, when artists heard um, Super Thug and they realized how it made Nori's pretty much career explode the way it did, because when Super Thug hit the club, it was like, it was forget about it. That was the record at the moment. It's like you put that, everybody was waiting for that one record. When they heard the helicopter, they're like, oh, it's, it, the party's about to start now. Mm -hmm. yeah. You still hear it now. If you play that record mm -hmm. right now and you you know, you know hear that helicopter chopper, it's like, uh-oh, Super Thug is about to hit. Then you hear the phone ring, right? Mm -hmm. And then you hear the sample that they have. And then when the kick and the snare hits, and it, boom, it's, it was like, wow, this is new. So when these, when these artists realized, like, wow, if they could do that for Nori, what can they do for me? I know when I heard the Neptunes, I was just, I was wild. You know, you know, it was just, it was just a completely new sound. Unlike we heard, you could say 90, early 96, late 95, early 96, there was nothing like we've ever heard. So if, if you want to fast forward over to 98, if you look at the bracket, we, we had gutter gutter music, hard mm -hmm. punching, you know, mm -hmm. again, the Lost Boys, Helter Skelter. This is like, if you think about what 96, 97 was, you know, they changed the game as far as for the artists and how they produce and make a record. It was totally different. Mm. So, so in, in yeah. your mind, you feel like an artist... I know we'll get to Super Thug later, but they heard Super Thug and was like, yo, they looked at Neptunes as a production person or, or production group that can get uh -huh. me at that mainstream single. So like if you had if you had a Neptunes beat, that's an automatic single for my album. So <laughs> do you feel that they were looking from that perspective? Like if I had that, that's an automatic video, automatic single. I think I think when they saw the release of Super Thug, they put the Neptunes in the reins of, well, you know, if you get a Dr. Dre beat, it's pretty much done. If you get a Pete Rock beat, it's pretty much done. Mm. You know, if you get a Timberland beat, if you get a Diddy, uh, you know, those guys, they were on that, they were getting to that cusp of, well, like I said, if they could do that for Nori, what if, what can they do for me with my sound? Mm. Mm. So, Ran, how do you feel like their sound attracted a fan like you and an and attractive mainstream artist to want to work with them? Um, I think, I mean, of course, the musicianship, I think, showed in what they were creating. And a lot of it, to me, it felt, at least in the beginning, 
it was it was beauty and simplicity. You know what I mean? It was you know like super thug is three notes. You know it's it's there's three notes, but you know it's like who has the heart and the guts to put that together and make it sound dope with a really really hard kicking drum track underneath it. You mm -hmm. know. Um, so I think it was just the boldness of a lot of their stuff. Uh, I, I, I liken it to a lot of, little bit of early Swiss beats, you know what I mean? Where it was so different, you know, it was coming off left field. I mean, both, you know, and in initially keyboard production, you know, crews. And so, um, you know, it was like, it was kind of simple. A lot of the dopest beats were two, three notes. You know, and I thought that beauty and simplicity was what made these songs catchy and people just had to keep hearing them and rewinding them. And mm. also, I think with, like I said, with 96 being so sample driven, hardcore, these guys didn't sample. So that was probably a whole nother cost that didn't have to be, you know, thought about. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I could go, you know, get Kanye who's going to sample Jackson 5 or, you know, we could like, these guys can make a beat where we don't ever have to worry about clearing anything, you know, people might sample this and that's kind of what's happening now, you know? So um, I think that helped a lot too. It's like, Oh man, these guys are playing stuff and it's dope and it's, and it's singles worthy, you know? So I, I think that had a big, big part in it. And still at, the, at this time, we know them as Neptunes. We don't know them as Chad Hugo. We don't know mm -hmm. them as Pharrell Williams. We have no idea who these guys are. We see everybody else, because they're always in the video. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain time, you want to know who are these guys. I hear Neptunes, but I don't know who they are. And eventually you see them in the videos and whatnot, but it just, they, in the early going, they had this, they had this mystique, like, who are they? Why they sound, why are, are, are they, are they weird? They sound weird. It sounds, sound like video games, some solar system kind of shit. And that was like, yo, what, again, like you mentioned, hip hop was going through the hardcore era that went through the bad boy era, shiny suit era. Then it became the DMX back to hardcore rough riders. Then you came on with this Neptune kind of wave and it was like, boom, mega ran. I think every artist known to man had a Neptune's beat to a point where I family, like, damn, they all over the place. Yeah. But it's like every single beat was so different and they, they, they blossomed uh, new artists like Philly's most wanted, they blossom. Kalis, they 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 mm -hmm. elevated Noriega. I know we'll get that at some point in time during this whole podcast. But it just like, you know, even Gwen Stefani back in 05, it was like she was she was with no doubt in the group. Then it's like, oh shit, Gwen Stefani, she could do shit by herself. Okay, because of the of the, um, the holla back girl. So it's like I felt like an artist wanted that mainstream single, that mainstream hip. If you really wanted that, you got to go to to the Neptunes. I also think, um, you know, them looking at just using these two, you know, Puff Daddy and Dre, they were producers and Timberland, but they were in the videos. They right. would keep the mystery of just pay attention to my production. Just pay attention to the music. You don't have to worry about who we are or who I am. Just pay attention to what we're bringing to the music business. And that's what they did. Until Jay-Z kind of became, and this is later, Jay-Z became closer to Pharrell and, you know, he brought him into music videos and, you know, they kind of changed when Pharrell, you know, became, started to become an artist 
but you know that's later on but they mm -hmm. wanted to keep that mystery into <clears throat> i just want you to pay attention to what we're bringing mm -hmm. but you do know pharrell's in super thug video right hmm. yeah ran did you know well, that quick, i think huh? i i think i knew that he wasn't like singing was he i mean no no maybe. no, no. Nah, he was just like a like a like a tell, oh tell is it Man, oh, Manuel Noriega's here or whatever, or did they have somebody else doing that? No, it's a his voice is going over, but he's not in the beginning. He's okay. always, I think, at the end of Nori's final verse, like mm -hmm. for a hot second, you see him with, with glasses on, I think, but he don't say nothing. He's not by himself. He's just with Noriega. Oh, I'm wow. like, oh Pharrell? Huh. Yeah, Mike, wow. go check it out, bro. That's yeah. an old video, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back through that. Gem <laughs> number two, gem number two. Um, <laughs> and, and I know. Super Thug gets the, the high praise a, a, as it should. But I think what Mike mentioned earlier about Mace looking at me, I mm. think that's the record that I may sound bugged out here, but we don't get to Super Thug without looking at me. And being on Mace's debut album, which is which a, a highly anticipated de debut album, uh, Puffy's on there. And it's like, again, when I'm hearing it for the first time, I don't know if the Neptune's beat until I go back and hear it. And when you hear that song, Mace Flow, Crazy, you got Puffy on it. It's on Harlem World. It's a mainstream album. And I think the reception from looking at me propels Neptune's to do a song like Super Thug. So my question to you, Rand, I'll start with you first. Mm. How, how vital was looking at me for the Neptunes in order to get the Super Thug? I think uh, I think you're right. It was extremely vital, you know, like getting on a highly anticipated record. Um, you know, the whole world was watching Mace. And I think that was maybe what, second single or third? I'm not sure. I think what? second, because uh, I feel so good was the first one, right, Mike? Yeah, so they got second single. Uh, you know, they got a video treatment. So it, it was definitely a big big record for them you know uh getting that look i'm sure and i don't know if that's the case but i'm sure nori and a few other guys saw that video heard that track and was like hmm wait who are these people you know i think that's what made people start listening and going back and checking you know for them so uh yeah i could argue i could definitely agree with that argument that that super thug doesn't happen without the success of looking at me like if it wasn't a single i don't i don't know like what would happen? So now, so now, be real. Were you a fan of that song when it came out, or later? Did did it have to grow on you, or did you love it or hate it? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I did not love it. Just my ah. opinion. Um, but <laughs> I don't know, man. I just wasn't really into the Mace look. You know, like I was, and it wasn't that it was bad because he had a few on there that I really, really loved. But like, I don't know. The, the singles, I, I think, and, and I will say this, in late 90s, I was conditioned to not like the singles. And it was almost like, almost a guarantee that the mm -hmm. album cuts would be better than the singles. You know, because again, this is the time, 96, 97, 98, was blinged out. You know, like you had to make the radio single. You know what I'm saying? And if you didn't, you wouldn't get no play. So it, it didn't really interest me a lot, you know, to check out people's singles. But I do remember hearing that album. Golly, there's a song. I don't even remember it now. But 
there's a few songs on that album where Mace sounds like Murder Mace and he's really going in. And I was like, okay, you know, but um, but that wasn't my favorite track. But now when I listen back to it, I see the brilliance in the Neptunes and what made it special, you know. Uh, so yeah, it, it did what it was supposed to do. So Mike, what do you think? Um, how Vital was looking at me for them in order to get the Super Thug, and were you a fan of that song at the time, or did it grow on you later? Um, again, I do keep it real. Keep it real now. I do think no, I do think it was Vital, but something that we're not paying attention to that you know we've grown to know over the years is Puffy recognized another sound, something new that we never heard before, and he brought that to the game. He brought yeah. that to music. We didn't know who the Neptunes were, but he heard them from somewhere. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? So, like you said, he did the total, he did the total song, which was two years prior? Uh, a year prior. A year prior. Mm -hmm. So he had that relationship. Again, that total record, we didn't know who the Neptunes were, but he did. So when we hear these Mace records, we think it's a Puff Daddy Hitman production. We don't know, you know, it could have been Mario Winans. We have no idea. But mm -hmm. I thought, I think it is, it was very vital for that record to have come out because if that record doesn't come out, that sound doesn't translate into what we know now as Super Thug. Um, mm -hmm. I was a fan of it, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm a Mace fan. Mm -hmm. um, I think, of course, I think Puffy changed Mace as Lil Wayne changed Nicki Minaj. He saw him as Murder Mace, but he's like, no, you can't make money being Murder Mace. We're going to change you to who you are, Mace. Mm -hmm. You're Mason Bethel. We got to mold you. We're going to do all these shiny suits and you're going to be flying around and all that. And you're going to make millions of dollars. Now, us as fans, we wanted Murder Mace. But in order for him to have that longevity, he had to be Mace. Mm -hmm. so I, I like the record. Sorry, Mega Red. <laughs> I know you. I mean, it cover. wasn't for me. It's okay. It was not for me. I don't I think the record was for me. Mace. And so did I, but <laughs> we did get the gutter mace when he did the record with, with Buster Rhymes. Niggas could act. Yes, like, yes, that's the one. He killed that. Niggas went to act. Yeah. We can act. You know what I mean? so, yeah, he killed he, that. He, he was murder mace on that. Um, what about you, Randy? You, you know, did you think that record was uh, vital for, you know, for music as far as the Netflix go? I think so. I think so because if before I answer that, the timeline was total. Now, did they do the Locks Jiggy remix before looking at me, or was that after? That's I, a think good question. Was, I think it might have been after. I mean, after. I think it might have been after. I have to look at that timeline for you. So, I think I, me, I was a fan of looking at me when it came out, even now. So, I, I'm a big Mace Harlem World fan. Um, sure as hell ain't double up. Um, <laughs> um, but I agree with, with, with Mega Rand that Mace was you got the commercial Mace on one end and you got the hardcore Mace with you know the joint of Buster Rhymes 24 Hours to Live um, even Cheat on You was, was dope mm -hmm. um, the joint with Lil' Kim so th there, there are gems on there by Mace but I think with that time in, in, in 97 now so we're, we're moving up the ladder 97 
Like that sound was so crazy, man. Like now when you hit a, the, the drum and the snare, it's like see me. I thought I thought Pharrell was doing the chorus. It was Puffy this whole time, and I'm like, damn. <laughs> I just like kind of fucked my head up. I think Pharrell was singing, unless Pharrell wrote it for him, because uh, you know Puffy mm. don't write it for himself. He I think probably Pharrell did. Wrote it for him. Yeah. Mm. So it sounded like Pharrell in the chorus. That that song was mainstream, as as Rand said. The second single behind feels so good. Um, all over the place on radio. The, 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 the whole video was made, and it's like boom. Without that record going to to the public, to the public ears, there's no tell. Like, all right, what if what if they drop Super Thug out of nowhere? Then it's like, all right, who are these guys? Mm. But now it's like, oh, I heard these guys on Looking at Me. I heard them on If You Think I'm Jiggy Remix. I heard them on When Boy Meets uh, When Boy Meets Girl. I kind of know these guys, so these guys are up and coming. If the Mace joint don't come out and be as successful as it was, I don't think Super Thug gets to be blown up to be a a, a, a worldwide phenomenon. Hmm. Um, well, I could definitely say that Nori may not be you know where he is now without that song, and um, without you know the the what's led to him getting to Super Thug. And also, an interesting point, I remember, if I remember correctly, that the NRE album, Super Thug wasn't even the first single. Um, it was no. the NORE song. And it wasn't even the second single. <laughs> uh, second was uh, Band for TV. And, and so a third single, which so rarely even gets a chance, especially in hip hop, you know, wound up being this song, which propelled the entire record and you know subsequently nori's career you know what i'm saying as a solo artist so uh it, it's great a lot of chance things had to happen so i wouldn't even say that nori heard you know looking at me and was like i want a single from them nah because he didn't get a single he got he got the third <laughs> single you know what i'm saying so i i think it was like yo these dudes are dope and so or or you know, I know there's all types of deals and stuff that happen, and there's like this if-then situations where, because um, I remember Jay Z saying that about getting Mary J. They were like for the first album, they couldn't they couldn't have her be the first single. Mm. Her price for first single is up here. Yeah. Her price for second or third single is down here. You know, so who knows? Neptune's could have been there too. Like, yo, if we your first single, you gotta pay out. If we third single, you know, we'll, we'll look out. <laughs> so, it, you know what I'm saying? It might have been that type of situation, but like that song was a, a banger. Like, I'm sure they all felt it was a banger in the studio, but they probably thought for whatever reason, NORE was going to be the one, or, you know, Band from TV was going to be the one. And then it turned out to be the third one. Because at that particular time, mm -hmm. if you're thinking about it, music is still hard punching. So, NORE mm -hmm. is still. You know, windows down, turn it up, summertime. Bamford TV was the eight o'clock hour on your radio, mixtape, mm. roll down your windows, turn up your radio type of a song. But he didn't mm. have a radio single. Right. That's what changed Nori's career as far as mm. a radio guy. Really yeah. amazing. Yeah. For sure. And, and to Rand's point, to Rand's point. To Rand's point, so NORE, the single comes out April 28th, 1998. Banned from TV, July 28th, 1998. Super Thug, September 21st, 
Hmm. So those two records, spring, summer. Right. Super Thug mm -hmm. comes out in the fall. End of summer, fallish. Right. So it's that's all crazy. that's all that's radio. Crazy. And mind you, the fact that 1998 is like arguably one of the greatest years of hip hop ever. With so many people drop from Jay Z to 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 Nori to Cameron to Big Pun, Equemini drop, uh -huh. Flip Mode drop, Buster Rhymes drop, Lauren Hill drop, and it's like I I I want someone to give me another year that said you know what that can compete. DMX debut came out that year. Mm -hmm. I want someone to give me another year that can compete with that. Mm -hmm. So when you got even like we just mentioned Noriega, there's like 13 other albums. Tribe, Black Star. We can go yeah. on Metro Man, Red Man. Like Bro, there was one day that I'll never forget. There's a day in 98, September something, when uh, Jay-Z Hard Knock Life dropped. Outcast, Equemini, um, what else? Uh, Tribe Black, Black Star. And uh, there was like one or two more. Um, Brand Nubians, Foundation, Ooh. and um, got like really solid albums in uh, I think 8-Ball, uh, lost the double disc mm -hmm. came out at the same time like so many at uh, the same the same day like that's insane to me like the for all these records that i remember going broke that day trying to get everything <laughs> like i was just like wait i gotta get the black star oh the jay-z too oh man the outcast oh you know so like that was insane i i would argue just because i'm an old head i would argue for 93 <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta yeah. argue for '93. Mm -hmm. um, uh, '93 was Snoop. Uh, we had Tribe, Midnight Marauders. We mm -hmm. had um, Wu Tang, right? Wu Tang. Uh, and then what else? What else? What else? What else? There was something else in '93. Um, Nas, Illmatic was our '94. '94. Yeah, that was '94. We had, we had the birth of Onyx. We're back to fuck up. Hey, okay. Onyx. Um, we had um here come the lords lords of the underground Ooh, i remember i bought okay. this i bought I, you know i bought the tape right um, uh, i'm trying to think oh man there's a lot of good ones in 93. Right? i get 93 and 94 mixed up a little bit oh krs return to the boom bap yeah fire album um black moon into black, the stage I was just about to say mm -hmm. Bro, classics like cla it was like uh, i think 93 was like every month there was a classic that came out, man. Uh, Diggable Planets. Oh, man. So many mm. good ones. So wow. I'm going to argue 93. Just Randy, because don't laugh of... Huh? Don't laugh at me when I say... Don't don't laugh at me when I say this name. Oh, boy. Well, you got to respect them. All right. We'll see. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Yo, Shaq's album is a classic. I don't care what I say. Hey, man, listen. All right, all right. I, I'll give you that one. It's a classic. It's a, it's a classic. It When's the last time you heard Shaq's album, Mike? <laughs> the last time I heard it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, my exactly. favorite Shaq, my, my favorite Shaq record is actually Outstanding, even though it's a sample. Mm. Outstanding is a legendary you know, track. You, you know, you don't you can't stop the rain. You know, you could say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know. Right. Uh he got some he has some joints, man. Yeah, he did. Um Gosh, there's there's one other. Oh, 93 till infinity. Uh freaking Souls of Mischief. Mm. Like so mm. many classics. 
Oh. <laughs> he going so, I would argue I'd argue 93 against against 98. And then after that, probably 88, which is when you got Kane, Rakim, and mm-hmm. a lot of other uh, Coogee rap, so many others. So it's probably 88, 93, 98. Which people do argue that actually they feel 88 is probably the greatest hip-hop year ever. But it's hard to actually, you know, compete with it. I can't argue with that because all the legends that were birthed at that time, like, it's truly the golden era. Like in comics, they say the golden era and the silver age or whatever. I think it was the golden age, no question. Like with all the legendary folks who were just kind of beginning and finding their footing in hip hop and becoming legends. Uh, 93 as well, I think is an extension of that because there's so many people that we still talk about today as for mm. forefront and forefathers of the game. So um, that's where in 98, I think is when we finally got the game back a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like hip hop came back because there's some pretty bad years <laughs> and I was worried about hip hop and not just, not just bad musically, but like the Biggie and Pac thing was such a black eye for hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like there was so many like negative things that was connected to hip hop around that time. And I feel like 98 is when it started coming back. And I think the day he's talking about, um, Mike, was um September 29th, 1998, where you had you got it right now. Mm. Hard Knock Life, The Love Movement, Aquemini, Black Star, Flip Mo Squad. Damn. Brand Nubians <clears throat> Foundation. Yo, that's nuts. All on one day. All on one day. And you had to buy... Wait, all those albums were released on the same day? All on the same day. (laughs) The same day. So imagine you say, yo, you can only buy two albums out of all these. You got Jay, you got got, uh, Outkast, Flip Mode, Blackstar, Tribe. Phew. You gotta pick two of them joints. <laughs> well, I could I could definitely tell you, definitely tell you on that day I did buy Flip Mode Squad. I would Me? probably say I would probably say I bought Flip Mode and Jay on that day. I would I I think I can say that. Okay. Yo, I, I bought Jay Z, Flip Mode, and Aquemini and Tribe. I bought all them joints. Now, for me, sidebar real quick, I was a little disappointed in Tribe's <clears throat> fourth album. I did not. I did not buy the album. I've still never heard that album in its entirety, because I knew it was the last Tribe album, <clears throat> and I was so sad. <laughs> so like, I knew it was over because they announced beforehand it was the last album they was breaking up. I didn't want to hear them like that, <clears throat> so I ain't do it. <laughs> oh, you mean the 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 love movement? The love movement. It was the last record, oh, so I didn't I buy it. The one, the one before that, the beats, rhymes, and. Beats runs in life. Yeah, the, the the colorful background. Yeah, that was, was ninety six. I, I was disappointed in that album. I'm, yeah, yo, we we coming off low end theory. We coming off um uh um mm-hmm. midnight marauders. Mm-hmm. I said I can't wait for this shit, man. And I heard the single with Faith. I'm like, uh, it's, uh. and the <laughs> point, I'm not really <laughs> feeling like, it yeah. again. Now we're talking ninety six. 
Tribe's been out for for a while now. Yeah. Now other fans are are liking other things. This tribe still had that sound that that shit going going into ninety six. I heard it. I was like, nah, I, I was not a big fan of that. Love movement. I think for me, I like that album better than Beats, Rhymes, and Life. Um, Find a way was 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 a major single. A couple other joints. It didn't really go as crazy as as Marauders and Low End Theory. But if I'm picking a, a tribe album out of that that Beats, Rhymes, and Life and Love movement, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Love Movement. That's fair. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. You you you're you're definitely right about that, Ram. But I think at that time. That's a lot of people's least favorite when it comes to tribe. Um, the thing is, because they were leaving, like you can go to Mega Rand's point because mm-hmm. they were breaking up. It was their last. I don't right. want to listen to it. Then you got fans like me. It's like, listen, I don't know if we're ever gonna get this again. Right. This is not how we want to hear them, but <clears throat> I-, I need something. Mm-hmm. You can say I the same. That. You can say the same thing about Outkast. <clears throat> I feel that. If yeah. I knew it was their last, like if Outcast was like, yeah, this is the last thing we're going to do, I might have felt the same way. Like, uh, now they're not going to be into it as much. I don't know. But I remember getting, what was that? Uh, that movie soundtrack joint they did. Idle Wild. Idle Wild, yeah. Yeah. And there's a song on there, I think, where Dre is singing, like, basically, like, if this is it, like, don't let fame, like, separate us. And, oh, yeah. man, I, and it like gets me emotional thinking about it. He's like, "Don't let them, don't let them change us, change us." And I'm like, "Ah, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean." So like, I didn't want to feel that with Tribe, man. Like, oh. I was like, <clears throat> "I want to remember them, <laughs> great, not like falling out at the end." Because like, and uh, granted, it, it works for good music. Because like, Jay Dilla started getting involved with production. It was like <clears throat> the production team, the Uma was happening. And I was like, what is all this? Like, I thought it was Q-Tip and Ali Shaheed making these beats. What is all right. this new stuff? So <laughs> it got me, it kind of took me out of the moment a little bit. <laughs> so in, in circling back to Neptunes and, and Super Thug, I think this is going to be the, the the meat potatoes of, of, the, of the show. So before I get to that, Ran, you, you mentioned Band from TV was the second single yeah. off of the uh, Noriega's debut album. Mm-hmm. If I had to put you to the fire, sidebar here. Mm. Who had the best verse on Band from TV? Who was it? <laughs> um, I don't think it's it's, it's fully fair, but I'm a, I'm a cheat and say uh, Kiss and Styles because they did the back and forth thing on there. Mm. So I'm gonna give it to Kiss and Styles. They had they had Twin Magic activated. Um, I thought Pun, you know, did his thing as well. Uh, but I always, I'm a, I'm a fan, man. I love the back and forth flow between two people mm-hmm. and the play. Um, you know, I grew up an EPMD fan, you know, and I would love when they would do that, like finish each other's lines. And so when Kiss and Styles do that, I'm all about it. So for me, I give it to them. <laughs> DJ Unique, who you got? Best person on Phantom TV. I think I would have to change the question a little bit. Probably like mm-hmm. most underrated. Mm. Um, I would probably have to say Cameron because at the mm. time Cameron was still a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, um, Big Pun's the vet, Nature's the vet. You know, mm-hmm. um, like he said, Jaden Styles, they the vet. You know, it's of course it's Nori's song, but the 
Cameron was just he was floating, man. He was floating mm. on that. And mm. they, people didn't really pay attention to him. His, you know, he wasn't the Cameron with the deep, deep voice yet. He was still a baby, baby. He was still baby killer cam. But to <laughs> me, if I had to pick one that was probably favorite, I would. Pro- I probably got to go with Me- Mega Ran, yo. With the with the whole back and forth. It at that time, I don't think we had many duos <clears throat> or even artists even doing like they're bouncing back and forth on one another. That was something I, don't, I think that if I'm wrong, Mega Red, I don't I don't think there was a record <clears throat> before that. Hmm. You know, I can't even say I, I really can't I really I mean I feel like EPMD was kinda doing it, but Ooh. EPMD I think kinda did it. They would usually have like a verse on the song where they would one to do one line, one do the other yeah, line. Yeah, it <clears throat> it wasn't but they weren't bouncing back and forth like okay right. jada like had mid-sense. jada had six okay now styles was he was coming back off that six you know so they had they had 16 bars but yeah it was like one song but right they, two and it's two different artists putting together <laughs> one verse so if, if i had to pick i would have to pick jada and styles but the most underrated would have to be camera Wow, I'm shocked. I'm shocked no one said big pun. I'm shocked. <laughs> Pun's like the easy pick, you know, to be yeah. like, oh, pun was but a legend. I'm saying, if he's verse, you got to say it, right? Uh, I, I don't even remember his, his verse now. Uh, <laughs> he was just talking about pork chops and applesauce, bro. That's right. <laughs> like, <laughs> remember that. Pork chops and applesauce. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that line. That's about it. <laughs> um. So, fellas, um, Super Thug comes out '98. You get Pharrell in the beginning. We'll talk about all that. Manuel Noriega from the Philippines stuff. The video is crazy. Um, you're taking, you're taking a. It's funny how the transformation of Noriega goes from CNN War Report the year prior, some hardcore shit. And you fast forward, still some hardcore stuff, but Super Thug is so different from War Report. Like, this is the same Noriega from, from CNN mm-hmm. doing this. And again, somebody said that sounds too commercial. That sounds like this. That's not, that's not what we want to hear from Noriega, but that's what you got. And that became still to this day Noriega's biggest hit single. Maybe Neptune's biggest single. We, we don't know. But if it's not, it's definitely on Mount Rushmore for the Neptunes. You get Khalees on the record. First time I've heard Khalees mm-hmm. anywhere was on Super Thug. And there's a story that even Nori says, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys know, but in in the recording process, they're doing the song, Pharrell's doing all this stuff in the studio. Nori goes out the studio to get something to eat, some shit like that. He comes back, he does the rhyme, and he says, I bet, yo, what are we doing for the chorus? <laughs> and Pharrell says, yo, we got the chorus. He said, what are you talking about? So while Nori's, Nori's in the booth doing like the time check, what, 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 you know, verse two, what, 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 what. He goes out, Pharrell records that, gets Khalees to record, what, 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 puts that together, and that's the chorus. And Nori's and like, yo, what are you doing? I don't want the chorus. That's just me 
tie myself down, my next rhyme, my next verse. And it was like, nah, I don't like that. Pharrell said, trust me, I got it. When he played the record, it was like, oh, shit, like, that does sound kind of hot. So the chorus wasn't even meant for that. He was like, what, 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 what? They wow. count him down. Lo and behold, wow, that's the, that's the chorus. And see, that's a producer for you, you know? So that's where I, I give Neptune's ultimate props, like a producer being able to hear that and feel that. Did you know that? Did you know that before I told you? Didn't know. Look at you no. dropping jewels. You're the man. Tried, man. You're the gem guy, bro. Yo, you ain't dropped that gem yet. You told me yesterday. I went, I'm still waiting for that gem, but <laughs> we'll get to that. But so, like, like Rand, you can go find mm -hmm. on YouTube. Nori has said that mm -hmm. out of his mouth. Like, yo, this wow. is what the chorus was, and the Khalees came on, and that was crazy. Like, you know, I wasn't wow. with it, but Pharrell, he's a genius. So I, I, I went with it. Wow, that's crazy. I saw a, a similar situation with um the the root song Don't Say Nothing. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that in the chorus, he's kind of just just like that was just him kind of mumbling until he wrote the bars. And so uh, somebody, I think it was um same thing. I think it was Scott Storch who did that beat. And he was like, yo, that's it. Like you talking about don't say nothing. Then how about if you'd actually don't say nothing on the on the hook, you know, so same kind of idea. Which is crazy, but that's that shows vision by by producers. That's the difference between producers and beat makers. You know what I'm saying? People who mm -hmm. are producers, they're in this in the lab thinking of things, how to create a song versus I'm gonna hand you this beat and go about my business. Exactly. So unique. Um Super Thug is Nori's biggest hit to this day. Uh elevated the career of Noriega, elevated the career of the Neptunes and, and, Wait, and I'm not I'm gonna stop you on that. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. It's maybe the second biggest because Pharrell did his first biggest, which is nothing. That's Nori's biggest hit. You think so? If the numbers, I mean, you know, I don't know. One that jumps off the whole career is big as far as impact, but okay. So, did you, who had the bigger impact? Who had the bigger impact? Nothing or Super Thug? Oh, Super Thug, no question. Well, yeah, there you go. I would definitely say Super Thug just coming from a DJ perspective. Like, mm. like nothing hit, oh no hit, but nothing touched you in the club coming through them speakers at 2, two 3 o'clock in the morning like Super Thug. When that record hit, it was like, oh, we couldn't wait. It was like, when are you going to play Super Thug? Hurry up. <laughs> you know, so you know they had made they had major records with Noriega, but to this day, I think Super Thug standalone is his, you know, most successful record. Yeah, bro, Super Thug, the beat was nasty. That 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 sound. Then and there, then and there, and then yo, what the, what the fuck was that like? <laughs> and he got Noriega, one of the hardest rappers out in America, rhyming on that. With uh -huh. Khalees in the chorus, and I, I, I think, I think it took a while for people to get used to that. It was like that, that, that's a cool single, but we're like, what is that? And then I think it grew on people. I, that's why maybe it was the third single, because they wanted to get the hardcore shit out there for you know for the CNN uh -huh. fans. All right, now we're gonna draw people in. Now we got that hot. Let's drop Super Thug. And that beat was crazy. Like, we're talking about it 22 years later. 
Like we forgot about Grimy. You mentioned nothing and oh no, Grimy might be, might be better. Might be. I think nothing was the second best thing when Nori did. I think Grimy was better than oh no. Mm. Okay, I, I can agree with that. I feel yeah. like oh no was kind of trying to reach for reach back for super thug esque vibes. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I can agree. Grimy, Grimy was a better song probably, but. Again, it's that impact. It's the fact that when when Super Thug hit, nobody had heard anything like that ever, and that's mm. what like people were just like, "Yo!" Like it gets the immediate reaction that that has lasted, you know, forever. Yeah, and I think that was the first time we, we really heard like that futuristic sound mm-hmm. from the Neptune. We heard, you see, looking at me, they didn't have no futuristic video game type sounds. Super Thug was the first one that they dropped. It was like, oh shit, that's the MO going from now on. Yeah, because looking at me was more piano. Yeah. Than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, Super Thug, he went a totally different way. You know, Mitch was more playful, and, you know, Noriega is a totally different artist, rapper. You know, if you're comparing, you know, Mace to Nori. So, so, so Mike, when you, when you heard this compared to what you heard from, from Nori on CNN, did it like were you I'm I'm saying I know we're all still fans of Nori, but did it feel like like Nori's going to commercial, he's going this, he's going that route, or were you still feeling the style of Nori? Or did you feel like you know what? He's bringing in he's bringing in a new style. Well, it's it's hard to say, you know, just because that was a long time ago, you know, what mm-hmm. my thought process was on the record. Um, but I would I would assume people thought that he was going commercial, you know, just due to, you know. We knowing T O N Y, like blood money. It's like, um, hello, who, who's this guy? <laughs> you know? Right. But again, this goes back to what I said about you know radio records. You know, we had the turn up the volume, pull down your windows, be with your fellas on the block type of records. But then you needed those radio records to succeed and have longevity in music. So he had to have songs like Super Thug, going back to what Mega Rand said. He came out with N-O-R-E. He came out with Band for TV. Okay, we took care of the fellas. Now let's take care of everybody and really make you some money. Let's try to win you some awards. Here's Super Thug. Because mm. I'm looking at it right now. At, at the time, it was Noriega's, Noriega's fi- um, highest charting and most successful single. However, it was later surpassed by 2002 single Nothing, which peaked at number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. So, I mean, if you want to go like that way, Rand, okay, fine. It was the biggest single. Well, but Well, you said biggest. <clears throat> so I had to be like, well, how will we define biggest? <laughs> By the numbers or by you know the opinion, <laughs> you I mean, know, is I mean, it, is more, it a- I'm talking about more the impact, the cultural impact, changing the game, changing the landscape, putting mm-hmm. three people on the map with well, four people on the map with one song. Yeah, Nori, yeah. Khalees, and the Neptunes all got put on the map crazy from that point on. We knew Nori from CNN, but not like this. So that song right there had 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 a had a bigger cultural impact. Than, than than nothing did back in 02. Mm-hmm. 
Facts. That is the truth. So, like, when you look at that, before we wrap it up, aside from Noriega and those guys, also, so real quick, Khalees, right? So now Khalees blossoms into into the next episode we'll do when we get to 99, 2000. Got her, 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 own, her um, own debut. She's on every Neptune song. Neptune does the entire album. Mm-hmm. So, like, so Ran, when you hear Khalees on Super Thug, where you like, yo, who is, who is this girl? Can she really sing? Or she sounds crazy. And I can't wait for her to be on her own hmm. down the road. Like, what was your, what was your first initial hmm. thought process on hearing Khalees hmm. on that record? I don't know if she necessarily had like a featured role, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, it, it definitely sounded more like, you know, background oriented, but <clears throat> it made me curious. But I know a lot of times, you know, you hear a woman in the background and doesn't necessarily mean you're going to actually hear her, you know, actually blossom and, and do something. Right. So I was I was curious, you know, but I, I don't think her name is like mentioned or anything in the initial credits. So like we didn't know anything. Uh, so I don't think I even knew until now that that was Khalees. <laughs> I mean, what? I guess I kind of imagined That's it was. I didn't know. <clears throat> okay. I guess I kind of would have assumed if somebody was like, all right, who's the, who's the woman on there? I'd have said probably Khalees, but I don't think I knew for sure, mm-hmm. you know, cause like, again, I don't think she's like credited or anything like that. So, uh, so yeah, when I heard her voice later, I was probably like, oh, this sounds familiar. You know, but yeah, I didn't know. So you put me on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for a unique dime drop before right, we wrap so up. Like, what's my up? Gem, um, I'm not sure if Randy's, you know, he might not care about it, but I just found this out last month. Oh. And it pretty much blew my mind. So SWV has a song called Use Your Heart. That was produced by the Neptunes. I didn't know that. (laughs) If you listen to any any R&B, it don't got to be hip-hop. If you listen to any R&B record that the Neptunes has ever done, if you listen to SWV Use Your Heart, Use Your Heart, which is, I think, track six on the record, Hmm. and the interlude, track 10, on the SWV record, both produced by Neptunes. You would never know it was them. Wow. I did not know that. That's so in, in preparation for this episode, I found out they did SWV joint. I found out they did joints for MC Light. Yeah. In that time frame. Mm-hmm. But wow. I wasn't hearing MC Light at the time. SWV was still... Still popping out. I was right, SWV was huge at that time, but the yeah. thing was, we didn't. I think it wasn't that, out record, there. It I wasn't think out that record came before the total record. Probably. You know, maybe wow. I don't think I knew that because yeah, total album was nice. Your heart was an actual single, but mm-hmm. we didn't really care. We didn't really care who the produ- like who did the production mm-hmm. on these R and B records. We were like, oh. It hits the soul. That's it. Like you couldn't really tell me. We kind of know now who was producing for Jodeci, but we didn't really care. We cared about the message of the record. So I did a I, I did a DJ battle. So that was one of the records that I played. So we were 
I was talking to somebody at my job about SWV because I, you know, I um, performed with them at the Jacob Jaffet Center. And, you know, he was talking about what's one of your favorite records. And I said, that's one of my favorite records. So I happened to look it up and I go, that was produced by the Neptunes. <laughs> what? <laughs> so the first thing I think of, that does not sound like that mm-hmm. at all. Right. You know? Right. So I was dumbfounded. Now, now, if any one of you fans out there that's watching this, if you knew that already, hit me on Twitter. <laughs> but I mean, I, know I did four four days ago. So I mean, I don't really count. But <laughs> Man, did you know that? Nope, I had no idea, yo. Yo, Mike, we're we're dropping gems for for rant tonight. He don't know that. Dropping gems, you blowing my mind right now. Yo. I'm, so I'm that's crazy because it doesn't sound like anything you know that they've done, but you know that was early production. So I mean, right. it makes sense that they would, you know, have yeah. a different sound back then. But so that's you so crazy, unique. So total is before the SWV joint. Ah, it, so we got total it. SWV Keystone in '97 uh, on a Neptune's remix, mm-hmm. Harlem World with Mace. Mm-hmm. And then we end 98 with Noriega and uh, MC Light. Mm-hmm. And then they just go bonkers in 1999. <laughs> yeah, 99, it's just How in the world? Well, yeah. if you look at it, we might have had people that liked the total record, but we still didn't know who produced it. We have mm-hmm. people that like the SWV record, mm-hmm. but we didn't know who produced it. Now we super fast forward. We go to Super Thug. It's like, oh, right. okay. Even Mace. No one really cared. We pretty much thought it was either um it was Puff Daddy. That's what we really thought. Oh, it was Puff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to produce it. So we fast forward back to Super Thug. It's like, oh, okay. Now we know who they are. Right. But, so Ram, before I let you go in a few, do you do you have a, a favorite one or two uh a favorite Neptune's beat you have? Man, like of all time, I mean, are we still going to stick with this? Uh, <laughs> Which one is this era? All time, all time. All right, you know what? Uh, I, I give, you, I give you five. Yeah, I give you five. Just give me, just give me five of your favorite Neptune's beat. Okay, uh, Ludicrous Southern Hospitality. The beat is nuts. Episode two um, coming up. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, uh, can I count Rockstar? Yeah, why not? Yeah, uh, gotta count that. Um, gosh, what's the um, they did a couple that I like for Jay Z, but probably my favorite is Allure for Jay Z. Mm. Underrated, underrated. Yeah, Allure is just ooh, can't say that now. Come on, Um, Mystical. Did they do uh, Shake Your Ass and Danger? Both incredible. So that's is that my five or? Is that for so two mystical Jay Z Luda and Nerd Rockstar? Yeah, I think that's my mm-hmm. favorite. There's so many, man. Like, I could probably just from like because there was they were so prolific, you know, from late mm-hmm. 90s up, I could probably pick five a year, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. just nuts, You're right? Like, yeah, the catalog is insane, but those are my favorites, though. So, mm-hmm. I know, I know me and Mike are gonna. Eventually, do this probably in the final episode, but I, we have time to figure out our, our, our top five. Yeah, but, um, this shit ain't easy. 
And me being a big time Neptune's fan, it's gonna I'm gonna be like, yeah, I got this one day, and I'm gonna change it the following day. But I I have one or two maybe in my head that most might not pick. But um, I want to see if one of these records is a record that I pick. Mm. Go ahead, right now. Yeah, what what's those two? I know one for sure. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be Buster Rhymes as I come back. Okay. 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 Um, because if you if you hear that beat by itself, like in, 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 yeah. on the headphone, just uh-huh. that that synth is fucking crazy. Yeah. I think nice. they that's the hardest synth they I think they ever used in their life. And I think Buster Rhymes is that turn that shit up. Um that uh I I would say Ludo will be up there right now. We'd be up there. The the hospitality would be up there. Oh, grinding, grinding. Oh yeah, number one. Got grinding. How you how you forget grinding, Rand? I don't know. Grinding is on in a league of its own. Like that's like top five beats ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That, that, it's, see, not, that, it's not in yours. It's not in yours. See, that's good. Wow. That's like comparing. That's like comparing it to the to the pun verse. It's automatic. You're gonna it's pick automatic. Right. Like, come on, like. Yeah, grinding is a top five beat of all time. You know, it's mm. another league. <laughs> uh, and I think one more. I, th- I think Super Thug is up there. I don't know where to say. I think Super mm. Thug is is high high contention for top five. Is mm. uh, may- maybe Mount Rushmore? It might be Mount Rushmore. Mm. Super Thug can't you can't argue with that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, do do the ones I have match any of yours, Mike? Right now? Yeah, I got Southern Hospitality. I got grinding. Um, I got drop it like it's hot. Oh, um, you know what I forgot? I go off the spectrum, so it's, it. it's top five, six. So mm. there's a lore. Okay. There's I still love you by seven o two. Okay. Um, and then it's um, I got, I got LL Cool J. Okay. I could listen Ooh. to that beat. Mm. That's a day. great beat. Oh, that's a mm. great beat. I could beat. listen to that beat all day, bro. All day. You're right. That's like a perfect beat. Well, I, really I'm going to go out real quick. I'm going to go way left. That Britney Spears slave for I'm you. Beat? For you. I thought, bro. See, I thought bro. that would have been in your top five. I think it might be. I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Rand, when you go, when you, when you get off this What's podcast, up, go hear that beat loud. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, all right. There's a lot going on, yo. Man, y'all going make on me, in the background. You gonna make me bump a ton of Neptunes right now because gonna make you I bump. Mean, I ain't even. Tonight. I even get into the R&B bag, man. There's so Ooh. many, man. Come on, yeah. you don't have to call Usher. Like, come on, yeah. Like mm-hmm. Timberlake, rid- Timberlake. Rid- yeah, they got ridiculous <laughs> joints. Yeah, we're 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 far from done. <laughs> uh, I know that'll be episode. That's probably episode three. All the pop and R and B because they go crazy in that time frame. Um, mm-hmm. Before I let you go, Mega Rand, you can find them both on Twitter and Instagram at Mega Rand, right? Correct. There's actually an underscore on Instagram, but okay. you'll find me. It's <laughs> you'll find me. Um, I couldn't get it. Somebody jacked my my name on Instagram. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, some girl named Megan. She's uh, like, well, that's what they call me. And I'm you gotta like, make a double. You gotta make a double. I guess I gotta. Nah. Do a double. <laughs> uh, gotta but gotta yeah, catch me. 
Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, so yeah, man. Uh, I'm on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm also streaming several times a week on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash mega underscore ran. Mm. Uh, I do two songs a month on Patreon, patreon.com slash mega ran. And uh, that's it, really. I'm out there. <laughs> you can follow DJ Unique on both Instagram and Twitter at the same name, right? DJ Unique or uh, my Instagram is DJ U N E E Q, and on Twitter is DJ underscore. Oh man, what is all these underscores, man? Listen, back in the day, <laughs> back in the days, everything was underscore. When I was on Black Planet and in wow. MySpace, and it was wow. underscores. Throwback, you know, until I got the Instagram. You know, I just, you know, kept it together. But it's easy to find me. Well, you can follow me on both Instagram and Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, letter J-C-R-U-Z, no underscore. Uh, Mega Rand, I do want to thank you, man, for coming on. I know me and Mike are going to do some more episode on this um on the evolution of the Neptunes called Planet Neptunes. A great idea. I, I think I came up with and just having you guys involved, just your, 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 your musical thoughts and knowledge. Thank you for coming on. If we get you on again, I got no problem with that, hey. but, um, I love talking Neptunes with you, man. Thank you, man. This has been a blast, man. I enjoy talking to y'all. Y'all know, y'all know y'all stuff. So I'll be tuned in <laughs> to the rest of the episodes. Man. I definitely appreciate that, man. Thank you. Mm-hmm. No appreciate doubt. you, my brother. All right. Peace. Y'all right. good to meet y'all. Likewise. Right. I love so it. DJ Unique, I uh, want to let the people know they can also find this podcast on YouTube, on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. If you're a video podcast fan, if you're an audio kind of guy, you can follow it on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on the Cruise Control Podcast Network, Episode 1, Planet Neptune in the books. Thank you, Mega Ran. Thank you, DJ Unique. We out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.